Hello, and welcome to another episode in the Doing Business in Milan podcast series. I'm your host, Maria Lassala. As always, we'll be meeting another member of the English-speaking community here in Milan. In this episode, I'm speaking with Christina Toole. Christina Toole is a design strategist. She helps businesses and professionals to innovate processes, services, and connections by means of a client experience audit. Using this unique user-centered approach, she uncovers the pain points that clients or potential clients might suffer during interactions. Christina has taught design and worked on design projects in the U.S., Europe, and in the Middle East. She collaborates with cross-disciplinary teams to help nonprofits and businesses reach their goals through motivating and innovating their approach. An American born in New York, Christina grew up in New Jersey. Before arriving in Milan, she lived in Breckenridge, Colorado for many years. After graduating from college, she was not quite ready to enter the world of high heels and skirts, so she started her professional life as a ski instructor. Eventually, she tired of having to find a summer job every year and put her art degree to practical use as an interior designer working on resort development projects in the Colorado Rocky Mountains. She earned her Bachelor of Arts in Art and Psychology from Middlebury College in Vermont and has also studied at University of London and Rhode Island School of Design. Most recently, she earned her Master's in Design from Domus Academy in Milan, Italy, where she currently resides. Welcome, Christina. Thanks, Maria. Thank you so much for agreeing to be my guest. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to talk with you. I'm looking in my notes, and the magic question that we expats always ask each other is, how long have you been here? I've been here a little more than eight years, about eight and a half years now. Eight and a half years. You're working on double digits. I'm approaching that. It's hard to believe how quickly it's gone. It does. It just flies by. I'm at 13. I'm like, wait, what happened to two? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it goes, each year accelerates, it seems. Yeah. Now, you moved here uh, directly from Colorado, is that right? Yes, that's right. Uh, as you had mentioned, um, I was in, in, in Breckenridge in the mountains in Colorado, and life was great, uh, but I guess I was ready for a change, so I came here for a master's in design. I knew Milan had a strong reputation in the design world, so I thought um, I'd come and, and see what I could learn and discover here in Milan. Just before moving to Milan, you were, do, you were working in resort yeah, exactly. I worked, uh, you know, in Breckenridge is a ski resort and there was, um, you know, there was a big building boom and uh, it's a very competitive industry. So, uh, so a lot of the developers and even the towns themselves were doing what they could to really um, create a positive experience for all the visitors and try to attract visitors to their, to their resorts and, and, and the real estate developers, hopefully, to their properties. And so I worked on projects that um, in that area, and uh, it was really sort of a, a seed for what my work is now because it was a very uh, sort of big-picture approach to creating a positive uh, guest experience, not only my work in interiors, but working with the communities and thinking about uh, how people arrived in the town and where they parked and how they shopped and uh, you know how they managed the altitude. It was um, I really I really liked working in sort of with that integrative approach in Colorado. But um, as I said, I was I was I got a little bit tired of of uh, the interior focus there. It was a lot of antlers and 
you know, pictures <laughs> and things. I thought maybe there's yes. maybe there's something more to design than you know antler chandeliers. So I came to Milan to to see what else was out 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 in the world of design. And you haven't found very many antler chandeliers no, here, I can't I, imagine. It's not a real popular trend, so. <laughs> <laughs> So, was there anything in your past that ever made you think that you might move abroad? Uh, I, I guess it was always on my radar. Um, you know, I, I had gone and done a, um, uh, taken some classes in London while I was in college, and I always liked to travel. And um, I guess I always thought I would end up. Uh, somewhere else at some point and and when I was ready to do my master's I I, I sort of took advantage of that to to leave the US and and go somewhere else yeah and so you arrived here and as we mentioned it's difficult to leave we get attached to our our new country here don't we yeah yeah it is it's um I, I think a little bit of it is inertia because it's easy yes it once you get settled it, it right it, it can be difficult to leave but there's a lot of you know there's a lot of positives I think it's um you know I, I you know when I tell stories to you know my maybe my friends and family back in the U.S. Usually there's stories that maybe aren't always, don't always put it in the most positive light because, you know, it's, it's often easier to complain. But, but then they say, well, why are you here? And I say, well, you know, that's a good question because really I, I could leave when I want. But there's something, um, you know, I have to say it's never boring. It's always interesting. Even if it's not always easy, it's always an interesting, um, you know, way to live life, to be in a different culture. Yeah, that is true. It is never boring here, especially just thinking uh, on this particular day, as we mentioned earlier, there is a transport strike. So it's never boring as we now try to figure out how we're going to get to our destinations when there's a million cars and no tram or subway. Exactly. Yes. Yes. One of the many delightful challenges of living in Milan. Yes. Anything else that you found particularly challenging? Um, things sticks out in your mind. Well, you know, I this, I mean, I could go on and on about all the challenges, <laughs> but, but in, it really, I think it it boils down to um, the the different perspective uh, that that uh, people uh, Italians have here, and um, I think what happened is I had, you know, I I'd been to Italy before, and I and I I thought I had done my research on what it was like to live here. But I really wasn't prepared for the different mentality um, that people have here, and and it was it was um, perhaps doubly surprising to me because I, you know, I, I think okay, Italians more or less look like Americans. Maybe they dress better than Americans, but you know, it's not it's not like I was going to. Um, a world that seemed so much different. I thought you were, you know, Western Europe. Maybe there's not such a big difference in the U.S. But in fact, uh, the approach to life is was much different, and the approach to work than than I had expected. And um, this took some adjustment, and uh, you know, to to operate in the way I was used to as as an American, it wasn't. It didn't work so well the first year here. And so it took me some time to to adjust uh, how I managed uh, my expectations and and how to handle everyday life. It's 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 different than than the U.S. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, it is. Everybody's got their famous bizarre culture shock moment. Mm -hmm. Can you think of any in particular that stand out in your mind? Well, um, I've stopped going to the post office altogether. (laughs) That's probably a good choice. I simply just don't do that anymore, and I've told anybody if they want something from Italy, they have to come get it themselves because I will no longer mail things. And 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 maybe once a year, once every two years, it's unavoidable, and I have to return to the post office. And one time I went, you know, maybe last year, and I I couldn't actually buy stamps, and it was just astounding to me that they wouldn't sell me stamps at the post office. So it's little things like this that, it, it, as much as I try and be open minded and say, okay, you know, when in Rome, or in this case, when in Milan, but some things are just really hard to. Um, adjust to and and so I manage them by avoidance in this case the post office is off my list of places to to go that's funny I was just speaking to another American also from New Jersey like you who who actually she's been in Amsterdam for a while but she had mentioned I went to the post office around Christmas time and they're all out of stamps she said I just couldn't believe it I know (laughs) well maybe you live in the same neighborhood it's it's shocking Yes, I, yeah, like, but that's your core business. Yeah. How can you be out of stamps? Oh, wow. Yeah. But on the other hand, um, is there anything that you feel like you have in um, in your previous experiences or your background that gives you sort of an advantage over here? Um, I think... Well, I I didn't. I guess I always thought of myself. You know, I had worked in interior design, and I always thought of myself as a creative individual, and and I always thought of myself as relatively easygoing and flexible. But when I came here, I realized, um, and I'm not talking about creativity in the sense of designing things or drawing, but I'm talking about creativity in the sense of how you, once again, in the bigger picture of, of managing life and. And I think uh, something I also it was, was pretty good as, as I'm a person who tends to not give up on things. And so I think in Italy, the approach is either you do what I did with the post office and you just sort of don't worry about it and avoid it, or you become very determined and you figure, okay, what is another way to do this? What is another approach to get something done? Or how can I uh, try and manage this in a different way? And so I think having that attitude of um, of saying, okay, well, let's let's examine this in a new light. And this is really what my work is now. And mm-hmm. so I think living in Italy is really excellent cross-training for saying, <laughs> you know, like how, how can we look at this in a different way? Because things don't always work as, as planned here. In fact, they often don't work as planned. So you have to have a lot of contingency plans, um, you know, for, for getting things done. And I think, um, you know, being able to, uh, I think, you know, being able to look at things in different ways and, and, and sort of give yourself a couple options is something I always was able to do. And it's something that I really, you know, been forced to, um, you know, improve my skills in this area since living here. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. That's a key skill over here, having a backup plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go back to your what you actually do. I, I remember I mentioned to you that I was really intrigued by the client experience audit. That's uh, kind of what stands out in my mind when I try to grasp what a design strategist 
is. So tell me, what exactly is it that you do? Yeah, that's a good question because a lot of people ask me, and it's and it's a it's a relatively new field, uh, especially here in Italy. Um, it, it really it comes from the the design world, and it takes how designers look at things. It takes how looks at how designers solve problems and how they solve problems from the perspective of a user, in this case, a client or a customer. And they say, okay, if you have a business, what kind of experience is your business creating for your client? And how does your client view this experience? Um, and all of the points of interaction your client has with you, maybe they see a Facebook page or a website or a sales rep or, or your business card, all of these little all of these little interactions make up their big picture experience. And if all of these interactions are positive, then probably they'll come back and they'll, you know, tell their friends, Oh, you should go and and uh, stay at this hotel or you should buy, you know, uh, this uh, jacket from this store. On the other hand, if there's something that goes wrong along the way, chances are that they will uh, go somewhere else. And now with the world of social media, the voice of the customer is so much more powerful. So you really have to pay attention to what what your client is experiencing and thinking about what can we do to make this better so they'll come back. And so my work looks at that um, experience and then finds ways to improve it. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay, so um, basically the the kinds of problems that you solve for your clients are sort of removing the barriers. Excellent. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And and it's really, it, and even if I can add, it's also looking at what problems are there for your clients first. I mean, before you can solve the problems, you really have to understand where the real problems are because maybe you have an image that you think, you know, gosh, we really – we really need better music on our website or, or a new logo. And, and, and maybe, maybe that's the case, but maybe what's really bugging your clients is the fact that when they have to pay for something online, they have to fill out too many pages and they think, oh, this is too long, I'm going somewhere else. So it's really going in-depth and doing some qualitative research on what is what are your clients doing? What are they? How do they feel when they when they are interacting with you? And then, as you said, what you know, where are these barriers in in in, in this interaction? Hmm. Okay. Do you have any special projects that you're working on right now? Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm collaborating on a few things. I often work with people who have uh, different skills than I have, so we can. Uh, usually, this work comes in in the form of having people from different backgrounds and different disciplines to sort of uh, bring in new perspectives. And one I'm working on, it's interesting, is or doing some research on why there are fewer women than men participating in in action or extreme sports and. And we're looking at the what what are the the experiences women are having, and and why and and what's happening that maybe is is keeping them from enjoying the benefits of a lot of these sports, and and how this connects sort of to the the work side of it all is that there's a lot of um, equipment and clothing manufacturers that that maybe could be meet, better meeting the needs of of the female market if if they if they added something or did something different or offered some more support in some way. And then 
in addition to that, uh, working with, um, in general, uh, my focus is on Italian SMEs and, and looking at their Italian businesses are really good at making wonderful products. But yes. sometimes they're not so good at, at the service end of it. And no, no. so they have this beautiful something, this beautiful widget, but they, the widget doesn't just exist in a museum. You know, it has to get out there and people have to buy it and people have to use it and maybe people have questions on how it works. So it's helping them look at this, this sort of entire system of their experience and saying, okay, we've got this great product. Now, how can we, how can we better put that in the hands of people who, who want to enjoy this product we sell? Yes, and how do we provide the uh, service and support that makes them able to use it properly? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know, and maybe maybe we can provide service and support in a language other than Italian if we want to sell this product outside of Italy. Th- you know, things like this. And that's a novel yeah. thought. <laughs> you know, it, it, sometimes there's you know there's there's a lot of passion in these products, which is great. Which what what, what makes people desire them, but but they it, it's helping. I, I work with Italian businesses sort of to spread this passion out to the to this entire experience that I talked about. The, this journey that their customers take in discovering their product and then using their product afterwards, and what can they be doing on those aspects to help to help their customers and in turn hopefully sell more products. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you have your work cut out for you here in Italy because, uh, (laughs) as we expats know, customer service has never been a strong point in this country, although they're getting better. Yeah, yeah. and the crisis maybe is is, is helping to open their eyes to saying, well, maybe we should be trying something a little different in this aspect. Yes, you're probably right. Crisis is forcing some creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, has your perspective on life and work changed since you you've lived in Milan? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, it's it's uh, it's hard. It would. I mean, you'd, I think you'd have to be you know have your head buried under some beautiful leather sofa cushion for it not to have. Um, I think, and you know, some of the th- points I touched on earlier is, um, you know, I, I definitely I thought I was flexible and creative, but I've really been forced to up that in, in terms of everyday life. And I, I think a, a, maybe a big lesson I learned is that, you know, um, of course, you have to speak the language. And I'm not just talking about the Italian language, which is, is very helpful, of course, but you have to speak the language of, of different values. And I, I've really learned that I, I, I came to Italy maybe having the expectation that people had similar motivations and values um, that I had that we have in the United States. But but in fact, this this uh, initial culture shock of this different mentality relates to what what are people's priorities here and what are their motivations here. And um, in order to engage and to connect with people in a in a way which is positive, it's helpful to to understand. I had to understand what what their values were and how they differed from mine. And then, um, in order for my business life to be successful, I couldn't approach my work in the same way and say, "Look, look, here's what I do, and this is important because 
you'll sell more stuff. I mean, that's part of it, but it's really what understanding, well, what is the motivation for people working here? Why do they have this business? It's a family business. Maybe it's been in their family for a couple of generations. Um, you know, there's there's often, a, there's a big resistance to change in many people here. Uh, and so what what is important to them now and how can how can um, how can I connect with people on that level? How can I understand that better and 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 then try and demonstrate the value um, that I can give to them um, professionally and then you know personally just to be able to go out and have interesting conversations with people and and understand why they do what they do. I mean, as 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 we said earlier, it's never boring, and this is one of the interesting parts about it. Is, is understanding these differences in, in, in people. And, and, and not that it's, everything's different. There's a lot of similarities, too. I mean, you know, Italians enjoy their food and their wine and their culture uh, like we do. So there's, there's similarities, but there's um, not everything is uh, as what appears on the surface. So it's understanding what's behind this and, and then um, sort of, managing things from that perspective mm-hmm. sort of getting over the transplant pain yeah yeah I, maybe 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 it's never possible to get over it entirely i don't know but um it's it's always interesting it's good to be curious and, and ask questions and and uh you know it changes how you, it changes your perspective yeah yeah i would completely agree with that Okay. Well, Christina, it's been so nice having you here. I want to thank you again for being my guest. Well, thanks, Maria. Thanks for asking uh, thought-provoking questions. Okay. I've been talking with Christina Toole. You can reach Christina at her website, which is christinatool.com. That's Christina with a K. You can find all of the details in the podcast show notes at doingbusinessinmilan.com. Thanks for joining us and hope to have you back with us next time. 